Welcome to American Indian and Alaska Native Living, a program designed to educate and inspire listeners throughout Indian country. American Indian and Alaska Native Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he is here today to help you learn more about your health. Here is Dr. DeRose. Welcome to today's edition of the broadcast. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're talking today about a cutting-edge topic. It's the subject of a new book, an exciting new book, and you're going to hear about things today that can make a difference as far as losing weight, improving your diabetes, addressing high blood pressure, and a host of other health-enhancing subjects. It's really exciting to have a guest with me right beside me, Dr. George Guthrie. George, it's great to have you on the program today. It's a pleasure to be here. George, a lot of folks know your name. You've been involved with preventive medicine, public health, family medicine, lifestyle medicine for many years. You and I had the privilege of working together in the heart of Indian country in Oklahoma many years ago. But since then, you've uh, actually headed up the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, and you've really uh, done so many things over the course of your uh, illustrious career. Tell us a little bit about where you're at right now. Right now, David, I'm teaching in a family medicine residency at Florida Hospital Orlando. So it's been a great opportunity. Uh, after we worked together, I, I received the request to come to this residency and uh, begin to teach young doctors how to do the lifestyle medicine. I mean, this is really exciting. And many of you who know anything about the history of the Lifestyle Center of America there in Sulphur, Oklahoma, Dr. Guthrie, myself, and, and others worked for many years there with uh, many Native American tribes, many people who were non-Native, helping them really turn around chronic diseases, especially diabetes. George, for those who don't know anything about that program, can you just give it in a nutshell? At Lifestyle Center of America, as we worked together, we had a great opportunity. People would come in, and we had control of their lives, I suppose you could say. Uh, they'd paid quite a bit of money, you know, several thousand dollars to come. And so when we said jump, they said how high on the way up. <laughs> so, you know, everything could be managed. And it was miraculous to see what happened. I just never ceased to amaze me. A new group of people would come in, hobbling in, depressed, their eyes hardly open, you know, kind of glassy-eyed. As I spoke to them in that first evening, they, they looked like they were trying to fall asleep. And then at the end of the program, just simply 18 days later, they come into the office to see me and say, Doc, I just walked a mile. I feel so good. When one can control everything about lifestyle, uh, which we can do in a, a controlled setting like that, miraculous things can happen. It was just an amazing program, and it's not a program whose influence has ceased because many of us are doing similar things in other settings. You've taken that experience that you had not only in uh, Oklahoma, but also in working with indigenous peoples prior to that in the South Pacific. Tell us a little bit about that interesting chapter in your life. <laughs> My wife and I spent about uh, seven years, seven and a half years in the islands of Micronesia. And I had the wonderful opportunity of uh, meeting people and helping people. I think one story that stands out to me was of a uh, young, well, I guess middle-aged truckies gentleman who came into my office bringing his wife who had some sort of female problems and we helped her. Uh, he came back a week later and said, you know, uh, I appreciated how you treated my wife and 
And I've got some problems too. And he had some joint pain. That was his biggest concern. It was hurting him to walk. We did some laboratory testing, discovered the usual, right? I knew he was overweight. His blood pressure was elevated. His cholesterol was high. And what do you know? He had diabetes. And I sat down with uh, that gentleman after actually it was several weeks later, I figured out he was actually a senator from the island of Juk, okay? So he was, he was wealthy enough to uh, fly to Guam where we were. I sat down with him and I said, you know, your people need you. First thing I need to do is to apologize for what the white man has done. White flour, white sugar, uh, Crisco, uh, you know, all the kind of the junk stuff from the Department of Agriculture got shipped out to the islands. And it was in essence destroying people. And I said, Simeon, you need to get back to the way things were before the white man came. You need to catch your own fish, climb your coconut trees, eat the taro, uh, you know, fix it yourself wherever possible. Start getting some physical exercise. In five years, you can be in a wheelchair or in five years, you can be functioning as your people need you. You know, he took me up on that. It was really exciting to see because over the next few months, I think he came back on island a couple of months later. And we found that his knee pain was gone. He'd started to go around the loop, exercise loop in front of the legislature building. As a matter of fact, he got so much press for this that his fellow senators turned him into the chair of the health committee for the, for the whole island of Chuk. So, uh, you know, it, it's good to see people change. Western society... The white man has done much to cause problems around the world. So getting back to kind of the way uh, things used to be, uh, I like to say the closer we get it to the way God made it, the better off we are. So, yes, it's been great to see people change in all kinds of cultures. Yeah, and of course it was exciting for us as we work closely with Native Americans in Indian country there in Oklahoma to see the same thing. We have tribal leaders, tribal council people come through. And again, it's connecting with the creator, connecting with their indigenous practices, mm -hmm. those whole foods that they grew up eating as children, or at least their ancestors grew up eating, even if that was not a part of their background. Dr. Guthrie, so now you've got this experience, this rich experience from the South Pacific, from Indian country here in the United States, and you find yourself in the Orlando, Florida area teaching residents. How have you translated those amazing experiences into a... Well, a lot of people would say it's a pretty sterile environment, you know, in a big medical center with uh, new students, new residents coming in all the time. How has that uh, transition worked for you? My eyes have been above and beyond the residents. I know my boss probably wouldn't like to hear me say that. But then again, he's been pretty supportive. If we're going to change people's lives, we need to change how they're treated. And uh, my dream since I came here now almost 14 years ago is to catch people at the time when they're most likely to be willing to change. Mm. My observation through the years is that people are more likely to change when there's a crisis. Now, when we were at Lifestyle Center of America, we were on the phone trying to find people in crisis. Mm. I've had people come into the office, recognize they're in crisis and make changes, but those seem to be so few and far between. So doesn't it make sense to try to approach people when they are... Um, in crisis. Mm -hmm. And where do health crises happen? In the hospital. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it just so happens that uh, type 2 diabetes provides a lot more crises than some of the others. I mean, if you have a heart attack 50% uh, of the time or so, uh, you may just die and you don't have a second chance. And, you know, cardiac vents, uh, while they're serious, 
it's harder to intervene. But with diabetes, things are a little bit slower. You've got the neuropathy, you've got that new medication, you've got the adding on now of insulin, uh, the expense of the new drugs. I mean, there's all kinds of kind of crises that come to people. So what we've done to try to approach people is to catch them in the hospital when they have the diagnosis. And uh, as part of that whole process, you've been looking at what kind of things can you put in people's hands? What kind of messaging can physicians and other caregivers uh, use? I'm looking right now. We're in a, uh, a nice office setting here in the Orlando area. And in front of us are two books. And I'm noticing a familiar name on both of them, George E. Guthrie, M.D., M.P.H., C.D.E., I think everyone knows what an MD is, but you are George Guthrie. You're also an MPH and a CDE. What do those letters stand for? Uh, well, MPH, I think, is miles per hour. <laughs> no, you and I both know that's a Master's of Public Health with an emphasis in nutrition. Okay. And a CDE stands for Certified Diabetes Educator. That means I've kind of gone through those hoops to become a Certified Diabetes Educator. So you're not just somebody who's read some books, taken some courses, gotten some certification. You have practical experience, but you also have all those professional credentials that your peers look to to say, well, does this guy know what he's doing when he's talking about diabetes or nutrition, right? Mm -hmm. I would suppose that's correct. I like my patients to think that. And when I speak in front of large groups, I like them to understand that they're listening to somebody that's credible. So, George, tell us about these two new resources. Uh, one says, Eat Plants, Feel Whole, and the other says, Eat Plants, Feel Whole Journal. How does that all tie in with this grand purpose that you seem to have envisioned even years ago? I was very uh, pleased to be approached by Advent Health Publishing saying, Hey, we'd like you to write a book, and we, we would like it to focus on plant-based nutrition, uh, telling stories and helping people understand how to change their own lifestyles towards a more healthy choice. So uh, anybody who's written a book will know that it's an energetic thing at first, and then after a while it becomes kind of a ball and chain as you're trying to get those last little pieces fixed. But it was a great team that I had to work with uh, from the uh, publishing department, the the editor, the head, the uh, support staff, everybody kind of working together to make this work. So, uh, yes, we now have a book that we can share with uh, patients, with employees, that helps point them in the right direction. Now, I have a theory about uh, educating people, and uh, so far it's holding up pretty well to my observations here. And that theory goes like this. Facts don't change behavior. Stories change behavior. Hmm. Now, we have to speak to our emotions inside our hearts. So the goal of the book, yes, is to present facts, but at the same time, we like to present stories, stories mm -hmm. of patients that I have interacted with in the past who have been successful mm -hmm. at changing their lifestyle and reversing their disease, either making it go away or significantly improving it, being able to kind of decrease medications, increase the joy of living. Uh, and the goal, of course, of stories, and the facts for that matter, is to encourage people to the point so they can say to themselves, I'm at a point of crisis. Maybe I could do that too. Mm. I sometimes refer to myself as a purveyor of hope. Mm. I'm bringing hope to people. If you'll do the right thing, it's very likely that your disease can get a lot better 
and oftentimes maybe even reverse completely. Well, you definitely have our ear when you start talking about stories and real-life experiences. I mean, that connects across tribal lines in Indian country. As we're winding up this first segment, does a story come to mind that would help uh, the listeners say, boy, I really understand what this guy's talking about? One of the patients that I have came to my office um, here a couple, maybe two and a half years ago now, Hispanic gentleman who had a rather serious event. Not only did he have elevated blood sugars, but he had acute chest pain. Mm. And it was the heavy kind. It says it's probably heart. Mm -hmm. So we called the ambulance, got taken to the hospital, and uh, was evaluated. Had the the stress test, had the angiogram. And indeed, he had one artery that was completely blocked, and the other one was like 90% blocked. He was in pretty bad shape. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, being a stubborn gentleman and uh, kind of afraid of the medical community, like many people are, he said, um, no, I don't want to bypass. No, you're not going to put a stent in. I'm going to do this naturally. Mm-hmm. So he headed home and I got a hold of actually, maybe you've uh, read or heard of Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn's sure. book, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease. Mm-hmm. And he went gung-ho into plant-based eating. Well, over the next two to three weeks, his chest pain began to go away. So that was a positive thing. He'd always been active physically, mm-hmm. and he really wanted to continue to be active physically. But his uh, heart disease made him a little bit afraid. So he mm-hmm. came to see me and said, maybe you can help me. So I showed him how to monitor the heart rate, gave him a safe range to work in, and we began working that. Now that's what, uh, two and a half years ago now. He's training for a marathon. He's run several uh-huh. half marathons. Uh-huh. No more chest pain. Blood sugars have come down nicely. He's come down or come off of many of his medications, although not all of them. Mm -hmm. So he's reversed that disease, Mm -hmm. and he's happy to tell just about anybody how wonderful it is to actually make the right choices. This is exciting stuff, uh, George. And for those who want to get a copy of the book, is this widely available? Is it just available through special niche sources? How do you get a copy? Well, it is available on Amazon as Eat Plants Feel Whole, but it's also on its own website, eatplantsfeelwhole.com. That shouldn't be hard to remember if you can remember the name of the book. Okay, great. Dr. George Guthrie is my guest. He is going to be sharing more about life-changing insights from his book, Eat Plants Feel Whole. We will have more coming up right after this. Don't go away. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please reach out to us on the web at A-I-A-N-L dot O-R-G. That stands for American Indian Alaska Native Living. Again, A-I-A-N-L dot org. Or you can call us at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. The following is a public service announcement for victims of child abuse. For 13 and one half years, I was the victim of severe child abuse. I was being beaten, cursed, and deprived of any kind of love and care. It was a big secret. Children are born to be loved, not to be abused. If you've experienced child abuse, find someone to talk to, someone you can trust and share your hurt and disappointments. Go to overcomingabuse.org. That's overcomingabuse.org. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. 
but these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General, at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaska Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to today's edition of the broadcast. I'm Dr. David DeRose. With me, Dr. George Guthrie. He is the author of the book, Eat Plants, Feel Whole. He also and his team have put together a workbook called the Eat Plants, Feel Whole Journal. We're talking about those resources and about how the principles in those books can actually change your life. George, before we dive into talking about the resources a little bit more, A lot of people are probably asking, well, eat plants, feel whole. What does that exactly mean? I thought it was pretty self-explanatory, so (laughs) so your question is a little bit of a challenge. You know, the average American, um, and I know this goes across multiple kind of of the subcultures within our nation, uh, tend to eat food that's been highly processed. Mm -hmm. It tastes good. It uh, feels good. It may even have addictive qualities to it. And the more of that we eat, the sicker we tend to become. At least that's what the science is telling us. Um, Rather than telling people what not to eat, I thought it was a lot better to encourage people what to do. Mm -hmm. So we sometimes use the word something better. Why should I put down on something else uh, that will often build walls so people are unwilling to change? You touched my favorite food. I want to turn you off. Mm -hmm. But if I can encourage with positive things towards things that are better, we can let the good things slowly push out the old. And indeed, uh, eat plants, feel whole is about that. And it's more than just eating plants. Uh, If you stop to think about it, you could say French fries and a Coke, right, is plant, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you get the sugar beets and you got some, (laughs) you got potatoes. Of course, they've been kind of deep fried and highly refined. So we sometimes, or as we talk about it, we kind of add some depth to it by saying whole food, Mm plant-based. But that was a little too much for the title. So it's eat plants, feel whole. Because as you increase the good part of nutrition, everything tends to get better. 
Most Americans, for example, 98-99% do not get the recommended daily allowance of potassium. Hmm. Uh, that is, you know, what the government recommends mm-hmm. we get. People aren't getting it. Well, where does potassium come from? Fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. We're not eating enough fruits and vegetables. Uh, 80% of people over age 65 don't get the recommended daily allowance of magnesium. Hmm. Uh, there's 50% of all Americans don't get the recommended daily allowance. Where does magnesium come from? Well, there's not very much of it in the meat and dairy products. It's actually beans and greens is where you get magnesium. And of course, one of the kind of things I think we miss most uh, from a healthy diet with our standard American diet mm-hmm. is fiber. Mm-hmm. You know, soluble and insoluble fibers are so important for our health. Now, years ago, we were worried about getting enough calories to the people. And so the government focused on increasing calories and they took out the stuff that was excess and that might spoil. That is the fiber part of the plant. And when they did that, they had no idea at the time, but they were actually creating a significant problem because the bacteria in our gut feed on that fiber, make all kinds of good chemicals mm-hmm. uh, that... Uh, help us. I mean, lower cholesterol, so we're not so hungry. I mean, there's just all kinds of things in the fiber that we're missing when we eat the standard American diet. So if I can encourage people towards eating more plants, whole plants, hopefully as close as we can to the way God made them, then uh, we can help them move towards health. And each step they take towards a better lifestyle kind of choices, whether it's diet or exercise or breathing or sleep, whatever it may be, each step makes the next one better. Mm. So the journey can then begin and people can begin to feel better. That's the feel whole part. So basically for those kind of in the know, and you've brought us up to speed, this phrase that's often used in the medical community, whole plant foods, you kind of play on that in the title, eat plants, feel whole. But what I'm referring to and the question that took you aback a little bit is I don't usually have patients walking into my office saying, Dr. DeRose, I don't feel whole. But you really, you're saying recapture that vitality, recapture that, that health that you had in your youth. So this is an exciting message. And it's not just a textbook. You also have a workbook. So tell us uh, what went behind the creation of these two resources. Before we go to that little journal workbook, let me kind of set the stage for this. The book came out first. And uh, I got my box from the publisher, which I could, you know, sell or give away. And I came to the office and I told everybody in the office, nursing staff, physicians, the residents, if you'll promise to read the book, I'll give one to you. Mm -hmm. So I handed them out. Our head nurse got one and uh, it was kind of an interesting story. She got the book and asked for it, actually. And I gave it to her. She came back two days later and she said, let me tell you the story. Well, I was so anxious to get your book. She said, my family has a lot of problems with obesity and diabetes and heart disease. And uh, my sister lives up in New York and my parents you know, are down in Miami. And, you know, we all are struggling with these. I'm the thinnest of them all. And I've been struggling to try to keep my weight down. And I just can't keep it down. My cholesterol is up. So she said she had been calling her sister, who was really kind of stressed because she had uh, two kids within a couple of years, and she was like a, a little older as a first-time mama. And so it was really kind of hard on her. And she uh, looked around on Amazon and found a book 
uh, that she'd been using. And uh, she had been reading it and following the program in it. And she was feeling better. Mm -hmm. So she's telling my nurse about this. And she says, well, what's the name of the book? Well, she says, it's uh, Eat Plants, Feel Whole. And my nurse says, well, that sounds familiar. (laughs) Who's the author? Oh, just a minute. I don't remember. So she goes and gets the book, comes back. And she says, uh, George Guthrie. And my nurse says, that's mine, <laughs> George Cosby. <laughs> so we kind of made a connection. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, she took the book home. In the back of the book, there's an 18-day program. Okay. So people are encouraged, If you know, what do I eat? Mm-hmm. So we've got uh, nutritionally sound and tasty recipes in the back with menus for 18 days. And she did it. Mm. Uh, her weight came down. She went to see her cardiologist. Her LDL cholesterol had dropped so far. It was... You know, well below 100, which is kind of the goal. The cardiologist said to her, we're going to cut your statin in half. And if you keep this up, we may be able to stop that next wow. time. That's unusual for a cardiologist. Ah, that's what I that. thought. Because <laughs> <laughs> they tend to push it. But, you know, she was young and she really didn't fit criteria. So an excellent response and a very interesting kind of social connection from an accidental encounter of a family member with the book online. Mm-hmm. So uh, kind of from that experience, we said, you know, Maybe we should help people a little more. And so what you call the workbook, we call the journal. Hmm. Uh, So the journal is a way of following along. And as I already pointed out to you, we're trying not to talk so much about negatives, but to put everything in the positive. Right. So in the journal, there's a place for you to get points. So you put little check marks and you get points for the good things that you do, mm-hmm. right? So uh, each serving of fruit, you, you know, you get a point. The vegetables, the high whole grains, the, a variety of things. And because lifestyle is much more than just what you eat, we also included things like exercise that you get, mm-hmm. thankfulness, exercise, mm. you know, how our mind thinks, our emotions are also important. And it's a way of journaling through an experience and having a lifestyle change. So now, as far as these resources you've developed, Dr. Guthrie, you and your team, do you find that people who use them in general are giving you encouraging feedback? Do you feel like you've got to fine-tune stuff? Do you feel like you've got a finished product that's working? I've discovered that uh, people that put them on the bookshelf don't have much change, okay? (laughs) And some that uh, pick it up uh, may not either, but the uh, comments that I've been getting from people from all over, from, uh, you know, top executives, because it was given as a gift to top executives in our hospital organization, uh, on down to uh, patients and the helpers in our office that have done it, have uh, expressed appreciation and uh, thankfulness for the improvement that they felt in their health. So let's talk to a tribal health leader. We've got many tribal leaders that listen to the show, and someone says, boy, we've got a diabetes program for our tribe. We've been working with uh, you know some of the CDC materials or materials from other groups, and uh, we're looking for something that maybe you know kind of an intensive program, not just for diabetes. Would this be something that a tribe or a tribal health clinic or something could implement and could do it as a group program, whether it's actually people in a physical location or at some distance where people are communicating even virtually? Would this be uh, amenable to that? Well, I have not gone through the effort of trying to change it into that kind of a program. There are other programs like that that are beneficial. Uh, there's uh, the a Diabetes Undone program, which we've been using in our hospital to kind of help our patients uh, change. 
Over the last four years or so, we've had 23 people in a regular practice, our residency practice, that have reversed their diabetes. That is, their A1C has dropped to normal, and they're off all medications. So, you know, that's that's an encouraging thing. This is more designed for individuals, I think. And uh, uh, while people may be able to share it together and go through the program together, we really haven't put together that kind of a program. So this is great. And just actually as an aside, I was just speaking with a Native leader who said that uh, through some generous grant funding, mm -hmm. uh, Native Americans uh, look like they're going to be able to get access to that Diabetes Undone program, perhaps even for free or a greatly reduced rate. So keep your ears to the ground if you're looking for uh, some adjunctive diabetes materials to use at your tribal level. We're going to come back with uh, Dr. George Guthrie. The book, Eat Plants, Feel Whole, we'll be talking more about it and more important messages for you and those you love. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more right after these important messages. American Indian and Alaska Native Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, Please contact us on the web at AIANL.org or call 1 800 775 HOPE. That's 1 800 775 4673. The following is a public service announcement for victims of child abuse. The most negative thinking in my childhood was the things said to me. I felt like I was a bag of garbage waiting to go to the dump. Please, mums and dads, put a watch on your mouth as you relate to your children. If you've experienced child abuse, find someone to talk to, someone you can trust and share your hurt and disappointments. Go to overcomingabuse.org. That's overcomingabuse.org. Papa, why can't we telegraph while riding a horse? Son, there ain't no one to blame but Jeffro. He was riding old Betsy the Stallion, tip-tapping away at his telegraph when blam! Ran right into the side of the saloon. Well, if Jeffro can't do it, neither should you. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Dr. Nia Heard-Garris with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Every year, hundreds of teens drown. If your teen hasn't learned to swim yet, it's never too late. Even if your teen is a strong swimmer, make sure to supervise kids of any age. No one should swim alone. Teach them to enter the water feet first, wear life jackets on a boat, and never use alcohol or drugs on the water. Drowning is preventable. For more, visit HealthyChildren.org. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for youth. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals into your body. And nicotine, which can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk, they hear you. Learn more at underagedrinking.samsa.gov. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaska Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to the second half of today's edition of the broadcast. I'm Dr. David DeRose. With me, Dr. George Guthrie. Dr. Guthrie 
has a wealth of experience, and he's sharing with you how he's translated much of the wisdom he's uh, picked up and learned over the last several decades into a book called Eat Plants, Feel Whole. George, many people know you as one of the past presidents of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. Now, that's a newer organization in the grand scheme of medical dialogue here in the United States and the world. First, tell us a bit about lifestyle medicine. So uh, lifestyle medicine is a relatively new concept. Doctors being interested in how our lifestyle can affect our health outcomes. And there's more and more scientific evidence coming up. I mean, back in the late 1970s, for example, Nathan Pritikin started his institute there in Santa Monica, where he started demonstrating and publishing that lifestyle changes could improve parameters, blood sugar parameters, cholesterol parameters, weight, and etc. So as the momentum begins to build, a group of doctors got together and said, we need to have a specialty that focuses on this. It's always a little bit of a challenge starting a brand new specialty. Mm-hmm. But uh, what, 17 years or so ago now, gathered together and said, let's do this. And there were, I don't remember, 50, 75 of us, something like that, met together in a hotel in Southern California and said, let's get this started. And it's grown since then. It's actually quite exciting to see what happened. Uh, there was a bit of a nadir. We had a very low spot after we had a meeting that we didn't have enough members come to Mm. and ended up $20,000 in the hole. So that's kind of when I took over as secretary treasurer to try to help rebuild things. And, uh, you know, God blessed our efforts. And now the organization is going very strong. We have over 5,500 members, enough money in the bank so we can start to really do some big projects. Mm -hmm. One of the latest of which, interestingly, is a training program for physicians on how to help patients reverse diabetes. Wow. So this is, I mean, just to be able to make a difference. Mm -hmm. I'm talking to the legislators in Washington, trying to get them to change the way, for example, healthcare is paid for. We should be reinforcing in physicians the goal of getting people to reverse their disease rather than simply patching it. Mm-hmm. Procedures and medications can patch the disease, but they don't actually reverse it. These are lifestyle diseases. They're caused by lifestyle, and the real treatment for them is a lifestyle change. Now, it's true. Some people will say, it's my lifestyle. Don't mess with it. You know, I like my whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and I don't want to get off my duff you know, whatever their emotional response may be. But our goal as lifestyle medicine physicians is to motivate people, understand where they are, try to get them moved towards being willing to change, and then point them in the right direction. Mm -hmm. It's a very important rule here. And this is another reason that the American College of Lifestyle Medicine exists. And that is you don't solve problems by doing the wrong thing better. Hmm. So many times we try to solve the problem by doing more of the wrong thing. By diabetes educators, for example, for years, blood sugars dropping in the middle of the night, have some cheese when you go to bed. Mm. Well, that's the wrong thing. It's high saturated fat. Mm. It tends to worsen things in the long run. Fat is part of the problem in diabetes. So getting people to pull back, look at the evidence, and we do have the scientific evidence, although a lot of diabetes educators are unaware of it, haven't seen it yet. It can make a huge difference. And if we can get people making the choices, the right choices, we can encourage them. And I'll tell you the truth. As a physician, it's a lot more fun and rewarding to see people get better rather than to continue to get worse more slowly, Mm -hmm. which is what most of the medical community does. 
No, and I would uh, heartily agree with that assessment, George. We both had the privilege of seeing so many people get better using these simple lifestyle principles. And like you said, you don't have to go further than looking at indigenous practices, things that the creator has uh, seemingly put in the consciousness of people across the globe, but uh, somehow commercialization and, uh, well, high-profit food items, refined foods and things seem to have uh, kind of blurred that consciousness. I guess the business people call it value-added, right? They buy corn and they process it and they call it value-added. It's a, quite a misnomer. <laughs> there may have been dollar value added, but nutritional value has been removed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So let's uh, just come back to your background. So you were involved from the early days, one of the uh, founding individuals with the uh, lifestyle medicine movement here in America. I know that spread throughout the world. You ultimately were at the head of that group as the president of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. Did that change your perspective as far as the breadth of lifestyle medicine or did it just reinforce things you kind of already had going into this field? So the answer to that question is yes, okay? <laughs> because, you know, working with other people, other physicians, and other health professionals, whether it's a nurse practitioner or a nurse or an RD, uh, meeting with those people and sharing ideas helps to strengthen my understanding. Mm. So I can tell you that my understanding of lifestyle medicine has expanded because I've been able to share this with others who are on a similar journey to mine. Mm -hmm. So this is exciting. So basically, we're benefiting not only from your expertise, your experiences, but from the many colleagues that you've collaborated with over the years. It goes even further than that because what we found was People, physicians around the world are saying, we want a lifestyle medicine too. Mm -hmm. uh, we now have a board of lifestyle medicine, so one can get boarded in lifestyle medicine. We have uh, started into the American Medical Association, so we have a seat in there. And over the next few years, we plan to be able to sit on the floor of delegates. We want to become part of the House of Medicine. Ideally, Lifestyle medicine should be the foundation of everything. Mm. Most doctors, when they talk to patients about lifestyle medicine, and they know they're supposed to, say, um, cut out the red meat, eat more fruits and vegetables, and lose weight. Well, it may be good advice, but uh, it's not enough. Mm. We really need to help people along the journey. Many physicians are slowed down by the concept uh, or the truth that it's very hard to tell somebody to do something when you're not doing it yourself. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine a doctor who smokes saying with any credibility to a patient who smokes, you need to quit smoking? It wouldn't be believed, right? And the same thing goes with whole, the lifestyle. If we're not having wholeness in our own lives. So this kind of energy is coming into the medical community. It's growing. I mean, over 5,000 members in the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. We now have an American Board of life, uh, Lifestyle Medicine, and we have an international Board of Lifestyle mm -hmm. Medicine, and there's a group of countries, each starting their own, from England to Australia to India, starting their own lifestyle medicine. So not only is it in this country, but it's reaching out to cultures all around the world. The principles are the same no matter where you are, mm -hmm. right? The physiology is the same no matter which continent you live in, no matter which you know group of people are your personal heritage. Physiology is the same. We need to eat plants to feel whole.
And so basically what I hear you saying, Dr. Guthrie, is for those of us tuning in today, whether we're working in a tribal health center, whether we're an elder, maybe sitting on a tribal council, whether we're a grandparent or a parent, or maybe we're a young person, we're envisioning a career in health, trying to give back to our people. If I could pick up a copy of this book, Eat Plants, Feel Whole, this could help me maybe get up a little more to speed as to what's happening in this whole field of lifestyle medicine. Is that an accurate assessment? You know, I kind of like that perspective. I've seen this happen several times. It's it's rather interesting. A person will pick up the book, go through the program, and have the changes in their own body. They go back to their doctor who says, uh, you're, you're doing really well, okay? Um, so what medications are you taking? Oh, I'm not taking any. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, how did you do this? And they can hardly believe that there's a change. So when a person has their own story, can share with their physician, they help to put into the mind of the physician. I really would like to see lifestyle medicine brought into every practice, into every clinician's kind of practice, everybody's understanding. So it becomes part of our cultural uh, heritage. Oh, you got diabetes? This is what you have to do to to get rid of it. Everybody in the culture should know that, even if they're unwilling to do Mm -hmm. it and may have even earned their disease by their poor choices. So I see a lot of benefit. Uh, Once that happens, then maybe the primary care physician will say, was there anybody else? Stumble on the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, join with others, and just kind of make this whole process improve. My personal goal, David, is an impossible one. What do they call it? Big, hairy, audacious goal. BHAG, right? My BHAG is to change the way medicine is practiced Mm -hmm. in this country. Well, I think a lot of people in Indian country are resonating with your vision, Dr. Guthrie. And I'm just thinking right now, practical steps. Someone's been listening to the show. They've heard more than once us speak about the book, Eat Plants, Feel Whole. Do you recommend if someone right now, they say, hey, I'm behind the wheel, but as soon as I get to my destination, I want to pick up a copy of this book. Do you recommend Amazon? Do you recommend your uh, personal uh, group's website? Where's the best place to get a copy? It really doesn't matter to me, okay? (laughs) Just get a copy, and uh, more importantly, read it and then do it. Uh, You can get it on Amazon. Eat Plants, Feel Whole is there, but there's also the website, eatplantsfeelwhole.com. Okay, so... I'm going to do that. I'm going to jump on listener on the radio show. I'm there. I'm on Amazon. I'm on eatplantsfeelwhole.com, either one of those sites. I order the book. It comes in the mail. What do you recommend we do? Do you recommend a person spend maybe six months getting their courage up to actually open the cover and dive in? Well, obviously, uh, people need to make choices. You know, in medical school, I thought just maybe I could learn biochemistry by putting the textbook under my pillow. Mm. You know, didn't work. <laughs> and it's the same with uh, lifestyle changes. You need to read it. You need to uh, digest it, if you'll, uh, and then begin to take steps in that direction. Some people are more ready than others. I would hope that our discussion here today has given hope to someone mm-hmm. with a disease that is reversible with lifestyle change, they would say, maybe I should do that. That hope as it rises, I hope turns into the energy that actually brings about changes. Remember, every step you make in the right direction will make it easier to take the next step Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on the way towards feeling whole, to being healthy. 
So does a person start by buying both resources? Do you recommend they get the ePlants Field Hold textbook and the journal? Do you recommend they just get the book? What's the recommended approach? Well, again, don't buy them unless you're actually going to read them because you're probably wasting your money unless someone finds it in the house and decides to read it. Okay, so okay. they've got to be read and acted on. I kind of like uh, both of them together. Mm -hmm. uh, the information and the stories are nice in the book. Uh, you may want to read that first and decide uh, whether you want to actually try it or not. But if you'd like some help kind of making the changes, you can buy both of them and they can actually be bought together as a package as well. Mm -hmm. So as I'm reading the book, is it a book that really just plugs me into an 18-day program, or is that just one option as far as utilizing what I'm reading? You mentioned these 18 days of recipes. The 18-day program is kind of at the end. So while the book may look a little bit thick and daunting, it is not all kind of the reading part of things. We go into some of the science of physiology, so you'll learn quite a bit about how the body works. I've tried to use primary sources, and it's well-documented, so... Uh, even if your doctor looks at it, you can show it to them, and the evidence is there. They're good scientific uh, studies. We've got to just step away just briefly. We're going to come back with one final segment with Dr. George Guthrie, and you don't want to miss it. He's going to be telling some more life-changing stories drawn from his book, Eat Plants, Feel Whole, things that will motivate you and those you love right after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. The following is a public service announcement for victims of child abuse. If child abuse victims don't get counseling or help, they so often become abusers themselves. The victim doesn't make the decisions... They just take the orders. I got help, and so can you. If you've experienced child abuse, find someone to talk to, someone you can trust and share your hurt and disappointments. Go to overcomingabuse.org. That's overcomingabuse.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Flace with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. If you own firearms, it's your responsibility to make sure they're always stored safely. Hiding them in a closet or drawer is not enough. Kids know where they are. Research shows the risk of injury and death is lower if guns are stored unloaded and locked up with the ammunition locked in a separate place. This is important when children are young as well as when they grow into teenagers. For more, talk with your pediatrician or visit HealthyChildren.org. So I wanted to talk with you and your mom today, Lily, because some people at school have noticed changes going on with you, and we're concerned. Like what? Who? Some of your friends, teachers, it sounds like you've lost interest in a lot of things lately. You're hanging with new friends? So? So, individually, maybe those things are no big deal. But taken together, and then the incident the other day, you were with Derek when he was caught selling marijuana. Yeah, he was selling it. Honey, we know. But we care about you and, and want to know what's going on. That's right. We just want to understand better and see how we might help. And if weed is a part of it, we just want to make sure you understand the negative consequences for someone your age. The physical and mental health effects, the poor decision-making, and the confusing legal aspects these days. So what do you say? Can we talk? For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. 
You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaska Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to the final segment of today's edition of the broadcast. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Dr. George Guthrie, he's walking us through life-changing secrets from the book Eat Plants, Feel Whole and the accompanying Eat Plants, Feel Whole journal. George, we promised our listeners that in this final segment, we would talk to them about some more life-changing stories. Tell us uh, about another person that impacted your life and really illustrates the power of this whole plant foods uh, diet. Okay, um, I'm thinking of a uh, patient that came to visit us at Lifestyle Center of America. Mm. Uh, it was after you had left, but uh, very interesting character. A, um, I'm going to call him George for lack of a better name, right? Okay. So he comes uh, as a CEO from uh, a large nonprofit in uh, the western part of the United States, and he comes, he calls up from his hospital room because. He's just had a heart attack. And he says, I've got to do something about this. I want to change my lifestyle. So we had to tell him, you have to be out of the hospital a week before we'll accept you. So he actually made it kind of next cycle around and showed up on our doorstep, having you know paid his uh, fund and, and saying, I want to get off my insulin. I, I want to be safe from a heart attack. And so he just did what we asked him to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things he did was to switch that 100% plant-based diet. We gave him the option of having a fast, okay. a three-day fast, mm-hmm. medically uh, monitored to make sure to help uh, reverse his insulin resistance. Uh, we were able to take him off his insulin for that. Now, his blood sugars didn't come down as far as we would have liked because his pancreas was a little bit weak mm-hmm. according to our blood test. But George stuck with it. Mm-hmm. And he stuck with it through the whole kind of 18-day program. At the end of the 18 days, his blood sugars were doing pretty good, but he probably needed to be back on a little bit of insulin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His cholesterol had dropped. He had cut some of his medications in half. His you know, chest pain, those pro- things were not a problem. He was exercising well. Mm-hmm. He was feeling good. Now, when we sent George home, we, we sent him with this message. Keep doing what you're doing and you'll keep getting what you got. Mm-hmm. You know, that's true of the standard American diet. Mm-hmm, that is the diet mm-hmm. that led him to have heart disease and diabetes. And it's also true of positive lifestyle changes. He'd made dramatic changes. And I said, okay, you can go back without your insulin, uh, but I'd like to see you again. So he came back in six months and it was really exciting at that point to see what had happened because his blood pressure was down. He'd lost something like 60 pounds. His, uh, of course, chest pain was not a problem. Mm -hmm. I was able to take him off the rest of his diabetes medication. Mm-hmm. So he was pretty much free from that because things had normalized. Right. Blood sugars during the day were doing just perfectly. So there's a kind of that persistence that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. If you really want to have this long term, you got to keep doing the right thing. You're not going to get better if you keep doing the wrong thing. And George demonstrated that it could be done. It was a real encouragement to me. It's an encouragement to be able to see people stick with it long term. Many people will do it for a relatively short period of time mm-hmm. and then get a little bit discouraged. You've probably seen these people yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, their their taste buds have begun to change. Healthy food tastes good, but they're off at a party somewhere. Or they get really hungry on a trip and they mm-hmm. say, you know, there's some golden arches. that I remember that used to taste good. And I guess since there's nothing else, 
they take it and they go, yuck. And it makes me feel terrible too, uh -huh. right? So those foods, that lifestyle is kind of a big negative weight on us. People who can stick with it long term can have the benefits long term, as George did. I mean, this is an exciting message. And uh, when we were writing our blood pressure book, 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure mm -hmm. Control, we wrestled with this toward the end. And the question we asked is, are you better off if you're one of those people who make changes and unlike George, mm -hmm. maybe are off all your medicines in a few weeks? Or are you better off to be one of those persons who really has to stick with it for six months? And we said there's pros and cons. The people that really have to work at it, some of them seem less likely to slip back into their old habits than the ones who showed up at our door. I'm thinking of a tribal leader mm -hmm. who actually came to our program within a week. You know, he's off all his diabetes medicines. He's basically feeling like a new man. He leaves. I mean, blood sugar's great. Blood pressure's great. I think it was easier for him to slip back than the person who maybe had to work so hard for six or eight months. Isn't he the guy that kept coming back uh, year after year for the refresh? <laughs> Actually, we had quite a few people oh. who ended up doing that. It was not a single example, but you're exactly right. Because sometimes when things come easy, people say, well, I can just go back to my old lifestyle and I can always go back, pick up the book again, Eat Plants, Feel Whole, and do that 18-day program. That's not the message, is it? <laughs> well, you know, the book was a little bit of a challenge because I know that I was, as I wrote the book, that I was talking to two different audiences. People that, you know, just wanted to feel a little better and people who were in crisis. Mm. And so one of the things we talked about is how fast do you want to get better? Are you in an emergency mode? Then you probably better go all at it. Mm -hmm. You have a choice of oozing into health or jumping in, uh -huh, right? Uh -huh. And it may depend on where people are. The journal, for example, gives one an opportunity to ooze in slowly. You can make a few changes each week if you want, right? Mm -hmm. Just adding a little bit each day to move towards that healthier lifestyle. You don't have to jump in the deep end at first. You can move slowly. But I, like you, have seen that it seems easier for people who have seen dramatic changes from being very sick, they seem to stay with it. Mm. And people that had, you know, quick changes or didn't have so much on the line, they move more slowly. It's hard for them to see the connection between their lifestyle change and how they feel now. Mm. We get used to the new normal. We forget how sick we used to feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Dr. Guthrie, someone who is going to say, hey, this is it. This is the year. This is the month. This is the time to really take charge of my lifestyle. I'm going to go pick up a copy of Eat Plants, Feel Whole. They're on the journey. They do the 18-day program. Do you just kind of leave them there? Or after doing 18 days of this uh, Eat Plants, Feel Whole program, and they've made all kinds of progress, where do you recommend they go from there? Well, the goal of the 18-day program, one of the goals that we have is to identify recipes, new recipes for yourself, new meals that are healthy, that you enjoy. You know, most of us only have, what, 15 or so regular meals that we mm -hmm. cycle through. Mm -hmm. So one of the ways of dealing with this is to replace those, even if it's just one at a time. Mm -hmm. And as you replace them, it can become a new normal, a new habit, which is what we're trying to do. But to make it easier for people like that, the Eat Plants, Feel Whole Journal has 18-day journal and then another 18-day journal. So there's oh. two you could have two of you going through at the same time, or when you get done with uh, one, you can uh, do the second one. Okay. 
The other thing I've got to say is I looked at the recipes in your book and I was very impressed with something. A lot of times we'll have authors and the author's wife or the author's husband who's a chef put the recipes together. But I noticed something very interesting about your book, and that is you drew from a number of well-established uh, cooks and chefs. I saw a number of recipes in there from people that have their own cookbooks. In fact, some of my wife's favorite uh, cooking instructors and chefs are, are featured there. How did you pull together recipes from so many leading uh, cooks and people with expertise in that field? Well, the best way to do that is to pay them. <laughs> and, and indeed, you know, when they met the criteria for healthy plant-based nutrition, that's easy to prepare. I mean, you and I might not be cooks, but, you know, those who at least do the cooking on a regular basis would not find them onerous recipes. Mm -hmm. It's not uh, gourmet cooking in the uh, involved sense, but easy, tasty cooking. Uh, so we've kind of focused on that type of a recipe and then, of course, have gathered from as far as we can uh, things that are excellent, the things that people have liked. There are some people that have been listening to the show, George, and as we're winding up, they're saying, well, here's another person talking about change the lifestyle and do better. Yeah, I've heard that message. Some of this stuff is resonating with them, but they're not quite at the point of taking that step. What would you say to someone like that? Keep thinking. Nurture hope. And then do some research. It's often quite frustrating to people because they're hearing one thing from their doctor and then they're hearing another thing. Many doctors are still saying diabetes is not reversible. Mm. But even though the science says so, it often takes like 10 years for that to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, some people are addicted to food. They've tried to quit before. Uh, some people have emotional challenges everybody's a little bit different. So I would encourage people to keep looking, look for other resources that support this so you can begin to build an understanding. There is a, a growing community of uh, kind of support services. Uh, your listeners may have uh, heard of, for example, Forks Over Knives, mm -hmm. a video which tells stories of people that uh, have made those changes. As you look at those, as you listen, as you research, Hope should grow in your own heart to the point where you're willing to make that change. George, before we leave, one more time, how does someone pick up the book Eat Plants, Feel Whole and the Eat Plants, Feel Whole Journal? Okay, eatplantsfeelwhole.com or Amazon. <laughs> okay, Dr. Guthrie, we appreciate you joining us. We appreciate your good spirit. We do have to run. Hopefully today's edition of the show has again helped you to reconnect with some of those indigenous values that made your ancestors and are making you great, healthy, and whole. For all of us, I'm Dr. David DeRose wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.